God be glorified tonight. As we're in your presence, God, as we're getting to hang out with you a little bit, Jesus, I just ask that you would continue to speak to us, God, that you would help us to, uh, to hear from you tonight, that we would experience you, that we would experience your presence, God, that we would we'd have a new revelation of who you are. Not just because of the things we're talking about, because of, but because of your presence and because of your Holy Spirit speaking to our hearts tonight. God, I ask that you would encourage us, that you would lift us up, Lord, that we wouldn't be stressed about our futures, God, but that we'd be encouraged by who you are and what you're doing in our future. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, uh, I've got a life lesson for you just right off the bat. Uh, two is one, one is none. If you've never heard that before, it basically means always be prepared, right? I am preaching from my phone tonight because uh, my iPad just decided to stop working, so that's not fun. Uh, and uh, That's why I do paper. It, did you hear that? Did anybody hear that? Nothing. Nothing from Kim. Hey, that's not the tech guy's fault. Here's this thing. Uh, we had this great elaborate plan to to co-teach on marriage tonight and lo and behold Kim wakes up with no voice this morning uh so I'm already feeling a little sensitive because I'm gonna be doing a lot more of the talking than I intended to do um but uh but my lovely wife Kim is still here I'm really gonna try (laughs) did I introduce myself I'm James hi (laughs) things are Wild tonight. Very, it's very wild. Day. It's what? It's been a day. It's been a day. The girls were a little bit feisty today, too, so that was hard on Kim. It's really hard to yell at your children when you can't talk, yell. <laughs> and they don't know sign language well enough to be like, you know. So, all right. Hey, uh, we got a theme verse. Let's get on, on topic, and we'll, we'll try to stay on topic tonight. For we loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. 1 Thessalonians 2.8. So, uh, hey, we're just going to share a little bit of life tonight. We're going to talk marriage. And uh, it's going to be uncomfortable at times, and it's going to be great at other times. And hopefully it's only uncomfortable when it's supposed to be. (laughs) And great when it's, well, it's always supposed to be great. But uh, Kim's going to share a little story, I hope that you're going to be able to hear. Yeah, so listen up. <laughs> be very, very, very quiet. quiet. <laughs> so some of you have heard my story of what we call Frodo, this guy that I dated Okay, in hold on, time out. In the back, if you cannot hear her, just kind of do one of these. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> so so give, give, her, give her as much as you can without okay. blowing the speakers. And you're just going to be very careful with your mic. Yeah, they're going to get the rest of my voice. So in college, I dated a guy named Frodo. Well, that's his nickname. That's what we call him. For two and a half years, it's not a short amount of time, okay? Dated him from my beginning of my freshman year. And here's why I dated him is he was there. <laughs> like, I mean, he was. He was there. He showed interest, and he said he was a Christian. So that seemed, you know, why not? You know, like, okay, cool. So, but as we continue to date for two and a half years, you kind of get to know a person, right? Like, that's a long time, 
especially like in college when you don't know him at all. Um, as we dated, I just got to know him better and just kind of began to wonder and question a few things, <laughs> like just the way he would respond or just like his issues that were like going to be long-term issues, you know? And it kind of came down to this simple like question of kind of, um, did he actually like want what was best for me or did he just like wanted control of me, if that makes sense, in the very nicest way. Like, I would tell my friends, like, he would basically worship the ground that I walked on. Like, he really, like, wanted me, but I don't think he ever really wanted what was best for me. Does that make sense? And so, like, I had to come to this point of, like, did he, like, did he want to legit be with me for me, or did he just kind of want me as a prize? Does that make sense? So how many of you have, have been in a situation that has been similar to that, where you were not sure, you're not sure if, if the person was actually committed to being with you, or quite frankly, like she said, you just wanted a prize. Um, I feel like when we talk about marriage, this is the issue that, that we we run into a lot is that people begin talking about commitment and commitment is the actual problem that that we are afraid of commitment that we are afraid that well like you said two years it's not a small amount of time in that two years go ahead I was gonna say he um he had a ring picked out <laughs> yeah like he, he was legit gonna propose yeah. it was kind of bad there was a ring <laughs> Frodo had a ring Frodo had a precious. Yeah. Frodo had hairy feet, too. Uh, all right, moving on. So, <laughs> you picked him. <laughs> uh, so, we get concerned about this commitment potentially being to the wrong person. Um, and, and obviously, that's something that, uh, that's a real a real fear, uh, a real fear because, you know, again, most of us kind of look at marriage as being we expect it to be for life. We expect marriage to be a one and done thing, uh, or at least I hope you do. Um, I want to begin looking at some of the scripture passages that, that just talked talk about marriage. Um, our title tonight is, We Have a Healthy Marriage by Sacrificing for One Another as Christ Sacrificed for for you. Um, I know it's a long title. I'm sorry. I spent a lot of time crafting stuff today, and just reality is I didn't get it smoother than that. So <laughs> it says what it says. All right. Uh, okay. Just so we can set the stage, biblical marriage. All right. We're going we're gonna to look at briefly at Matthew 19. It's very self-explanatory. Man, I cannot read. <laughs> it's very self-explanatory. The Pharisees show up to Jesus and they say, hey, is divorce allowed? Did God permit divorce? And Jesus answers a good answer. Well, obviously it's a good answer. It's Jesus. Uh, but, but this is a snippet from his pretty brief answer. Haven't you read, he replied, that in the beginning the creator made them male and female? 
and said, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. And then later in verse 9, he says, I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife, except for out of sexual immorality, marries and marries another woman, commits adultery. Luke, will you, will you check my mic and make sure that her mic's the one? You, I think mine's really hot, and I don't know if it's me or if it's the, the labels got switched a couple weeks ago. Um, all right, so basically what Jesus is saying in this instance is that he's saying that marriage is for life between a man and a woman, that they were created for this purpose, to be married together. Um, as he continues on, he specifically says divorce is only okay in the situation of abuse. Okay, and specifically he says sexual immorality. There's a couple other places in Scripture that we can look at that we can understand that, that abuse itself, whether it's emotional, physical, sexual, it, abuse itself is a reason for divorce. Um, but that is the only reason for divorce. Um, there may be other stipulations out there that you're like, but, but what about this? And I would encourage you to talk to us about that um, because there might be something that I'm missing. But this is the scripture. This is what it says. Physical, emotional, sexual abuse. And sexual abuse can be outside of marriage. Those are the reasons. Now, I say this knowing that probably about half of you in this room have parents that are divorced. Okay? I do not say this to shame you that you have divorced parents. Okay? I say this because what I want for you is a biblical marriage. A marriage, well, we are not perfect. But <laughs> this is pretty good. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, it's pretty great to be able to go to bed at night next to the person that you know is your best friend, that you know is, is committed to you and that you are committed to them, to wake up in the morning and you don't have to worry about, honestly, the future of our marriage. What we worry about is not so much, will we be married in, a, in how many, will I be alive in, in so many years is, is, what, is what the concern is, right? Um, that our marriage from the beginning was a till death do us part marriage. The commitment is there, and I ho that is what I want for you. I want you to be able to move into a marriage relationship where the commitment is there ahead of time. So just to give you a little bit of a heads up uh, on, on marriage. Marriage at this time was not always about choice. It was often about taking two people that were compatible, according to parents, putting them together, and then having them get married. The wife did not often in, in the Middle East at this time have a lot of rights, okay? When we look at Scripture, if you've been reading through, some of you have been reading through this uh, Bible in a year with Nicky Gumbel. If you've been reading through there, his, his devotion is just full of times where he highlights the importance of how culturally what the Bible was doing was setting a new precedent for how we treat people. Whether it's treating 
foreigners, internationals, treating women, treating our servants, all of this. The Bible sets a new precedent for, for how we treat people across the board. All right? If, if you look at what Genesis and what Exodus and all the, the Old Testament books, how they set things up, it's always providing rights for people that traditionally, historically, did not have rights. God is a God of justice. He's a God that cares for man and woman. He does not care for men only. He does not care for women only. He cares for both. He created them both in his image. If you haven't been able to tell from Chi Alpha, female pastor, right? We believe that there's equality in the sexes, okay? That doesn't mean that, well, I'm not going to have a baby anytime soon, all right? There are some physiological things that are just different, all right? But there is equality, and there's beauty in the, the sexes. Do you want to say anything about that? Not yet. She wants to save her voice. All right. Um, okay. So let's look at, we've, we've briefly discussed what is it the Bible is talking about when it's talking about marriage, all right? Um, what I, I want to look at is actually what does a healthy marriage look like? Uh, so we're going to go to Ephesians uh, chapter 5, verses 21 through 33. It's a long chunk. Um, I'm going to hit the highlights on this. I'm going to speed through a lot of stuff. Now, please understand, I am about to offend some people, okay? I need you to bear with me, all right? Write it out. Write it out. So, verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. There it is. I just did it. All right. All across the room, I heard this squeaking noise of butts clenching on the seats. And they're like, I do not like that word submit. Um, I, I understand that. It is a hard word. But please acknowledge that this is in reference to Christ. We are submitting to Christ and to each other. It's mutual, okay? Uh, again, men and women, equal in the sight of God. Um, Christian marriage should be, number one, this is what Christian marriage should be. Please take all these ideas about what marriage is and just hold them off to the side and, and hear this out. Christian marriage should model our life with Christ, our response to his pursuit and his sacrifice for us is to submit to his love. This is the gospel, plain and simple, that Jesus Christ left heaven because we were so lost, there was nothing we could do about it. The gospel, the good news is that Jesus pursued you and me and everyone else in this world to the point of laying down his life and dying for us. Because he loved us so much. And out of that love, he offers us a response. And that response is to submit to that love, to join him in that love, and to actually be a part of what he created us to be a part of. And that was the family of God. This is the gospel. This is what marriage is supposed to be. Marriage is a parable, a real-life parable a parable is a spiritual story that tells a, a spiritual truth. Marriage is a spiritual truth of what it's supposed to be when you have a relationship with God. 
All right, I'm going to get off my soapbox for a minute. I want to move on to verse 22. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands and everything. I'm going to say one thing. I'm going to pass it off to my wife. I'm going to get out of the crosshairs for a second. Please understand me. Husbands are never the savior of their wife. Okay? I, I will talk about this here in just a second. But in the way that Christ is the savior of the church, he is the head or the authority of the church. Husbands are never the savior of the wife. However, spiritually, they're supposed to be the leader of the family. Kim? All right. If any of you know me or know anything about me, you know that I'm a very strong, independent person. (laughs) I was literally raised that I don't need no man. (laughs) And there is still to this day a poster in my childhood bedroom that says a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle. Yeah. So, um, Yeah, so I was raised to be very independent, and honestly, I think I still am. Mm -hmm. But in that, it was very hard to me. Like, the word submit was like a swear word, okay? It was like, dear God, no. (laughs) Um, But in learning what biblical submission is supposed to look like, and learning, oh my gosh, I get to choose who I submit to, which is a great perk of dating, (laughs) Because in dating, you get to decide, is this someone that will actually want my opinion? Is this somebody that values my insight, my knowledge, my perspective, and will take that into account to making decisions? The first guy, Frodo, no. And I know because he had our life planned out for us without much input from me. And if it was his plan, I would have gotten married right out of college. I would have stayed in Springfield, Missouri, And I know what my life would have looked like because he had it planned out. And I know enough about myself that I would have either killed him. I mean, maybe. (laughs) I mean, I have a temper, you know. (laughs) Um, Or I would have left him because I know that there is a point where I would have had enough. And so thankfully, I got to that point before he proposed. (laughs) And I recognize this is not the direction. I cannot submit to this for the rest of my life because he does not actually genuinely care about who I am as a person. But James, on the other hand, in dating him, I already knew him pretty well, but in dating him and getting to see, like, more sides of him, I'm like, no, like, he really cares and values, like, the people that he loves and their opinions and their insights. And I was like, this is somebody that, like, I could still be 100% myself and still submit to him because I know he's not going to just be a jerk and be like, pack up, we're moving to Timbuktu. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> um, and in that, I have found this incredible freedom. And this is the cool thing that I never knew until I actually did it. That there is freedom in submission. There is freedom in submitting to the love of Christ that you never know before. There is freedom in submitting to the man that loves you 
and is committed to you for the rest of your life. It is the craziest thing that I never knew until we were dating that I, I get to see this of like, oh my gosh, because here's the thing, he's the one that has to pull the trigger ultimately, and there's so much more pressure on a guy, like in a different sense, that women will never understand when we get to submit to that, and we get to trust that, and we get to have freedom in that, and we get to champion that, and root them on, and be like, you got this, man, like I back you, like I know what we're doing, and why we're doing it, and I know you factored in my opinions, and we made this decision together, like yeah, like you get to be the energy that keeps them going, and it's such a cool thing that I never knew about, like yeah. Anyway, I could go on and on about that because it was just a cool lesson that I learned in my life of like just in learning what it meant to be a better Christian. I got to learn what it meant to be like in a healthy, committed Christian relationship. For a guy, the level of respect. For me, the level of respect that, that my wife holds me in uh, is not only a weight on my shoulders, um, because it is precious to me. Um, it's something I don't want to, to mess up. Um, but it is also something that, like she said, energizes and empowers me. Um, it's something that it's amazing to have a person that you know is always behind you. And when you make a stupid mistake, even though you made a stupid mistake and they acknowledge it, because she does, uh, there is still that level of respect. There is that still that level of um, fellowship, I guess, is the, the only way to say it. That it's like, hey, you messed up, but I'm still here. I'm not going anywhere. Um, and just that, that level of respect in so many ways has empowered me beyond what I thought a relationship was capable of. You know, we talk all the time about how people have relationships that are unhealthy because they're feeding off those relationships in unhealthy ways, right? Well, you do feed off relationship. You just have to make sure that the relationship you're feeding off of is a healthy one. That it's, it's not a relationship that is poison or, you know, it's a relationship that's moldy. No, you want a good, fresh relationship that's full of health, and is not going to poison you all night long. All right, so moving on. Uh, husbands. Now, guys, girls had to put up with their portion. Guess what? <laughs> it's our turn. Hey, also, if you look at these scriptures, actually in the Bible, girls' chunk is a lot smaller than the guys' chunk. Just saying. All right, husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church. Now, I could preach on that all night long. All right, because, right, Christ loved the church. He died for the church. Is that the way that you are going to love your wife? Literally, would you die for her well-being? This is the type of man that a Christian husband is supposed to be. A husband that is willing to lay down not just your life, because sometimes, you know, we've talked about this in other settings, some of you guys, sometimes this concept of dying for Christ is actually easier than living for Christ. In that flash of scary moment, 
to step out and do something scary and for your life to be over. Sometimes that's a lot easier than putting up with the long term, the hard, the day in and day out grind. Are you willing to go through the day in and day out, lay your life down, lay your desires down for the betterment of your family? For the husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church, the body of which he, Christ, is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives. Oh, did I jump back? I jumped back. I'm sorry. My bad. It's really hard to read on a phone. Do to do just as Christ gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing of water through the word and presenting, him, uh, presenting her to himself as a radiant church. Now, without stain, wrinkle, blemish, but holy and blameless. Here's the thing. Also, I've said this before, husbands, you don't save your wives. Wives, husbands don't save you, right? They don't give you better righteousness or anything like that, all right? This is strictly talking about Christ and his church. This is talking strictly about what Jesus did for all of us, okay? Then it goes on. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. And this is talking about relating back to what it's just said about how Christ sacrificed himself for all of us to give us his righteousness. We are... In the same way, husbands, we ought to love our wives as our own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, and after all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their own body, just as Christ does the church. Now, I do recognize that there are times and places where people have actually hurt themselves, that they have been unhealthy and treated themselves badly, all right? This is not saying that doesn't ever happen. This is saying that in a healthy context, people do not hurt themselves. Do we understand that? All right. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and his church. However, each one of you must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Husbands, men, this is why in Chi Alpha we talk about dating as a thing that the guy leads and the ladies allow the guy to lead. The guys will initiate. Why? Because the ladies need to know, are you actually going to live this way? This is test number one. Are you actually going to live like Christ? Are you actually going to lay your life down and sacrifice for the betterment of our future potential family. This is why I challenge you guys. Be men. Be brave. I'm going to do it again. Pull the heart out of your chest. Offer it to her. Oh, she doesn't want it. Put it back. Sew it up. Go mend your wounds. All right? When we do this and we get rejected, it makes you stronger for the next time when you actually are able to pull it out and you're like, oh, this is hurting. Oh, no, she took it. It's great. <laughs> Life is good. All right. Men, our job is to lead. We do not lead as a dictator. 
and we say, go do this, go do that. That's not the way we lead. We lead as Christ led. Christ laid his life down. Christ washed feet. He served. We, as leaders, must be the ultimate servant. If a decision has to be made, and it's a hard decision, it's the guy's decision, not outside of the wife. We'll talk about that later. We talk about everything. We do not make decisions without the other. Sometimes I buy Sonic, and I didn't tell her. And she's like, <laughs> Where's my cheese tots? <laughs> I wanted cheese tots. I am sorry. I have made a mistake. I will go back and get cheese tots. So. Well, and going back to, like, the guys leading... Guys, if you can't ask a girl on a date, how in the world can you lead when things get hard? And girls, if he can't be man enough to ask you on a date, how in the world can he lead when things get hard? It's the first test to see if he'll be a man. And guys, here's the thing. You know you can do this. When there's something you want, you will move heaven and earth to go get it. Okay? Also, pro tip, guys, if you ask a girl out and she tells you no, you will still have an amazing reputation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because you actually, like, were man enough to ask a girl on a date. Assuming Even if they you say didn't do no, it. like, they're like, oh, my gosh, like, so-and-so asked me on a date. They're like, wow, that's really, like, impressive, you know? Like, it, like, it boosts your reputation. Yeah. Assuming you, you know, actually said the word date, you didn't trick them, oh, you didn't God. send them a text. No. Hey. Oh, you know. gosh, no. Anyway, <laughs> That's a whole we, thing. Yeah. we'll move on. All right, here we go. So ultimately, when we're looking at these passages, okay, basically what we're talking about is that men and women are supposed to represent Christ in this marriage relationship, right? They are both to be submitting to Christ and to what Christ has said through his word, the Bible, Right? And in that, both people are actually sacrificing. We use this word submit with girls. It's actually, I mean, it's, it is submit. That is, uh, that is the word that it means. But it's actually just a sacrifice. You're sacrificing, right, the ability to basically say, well, I'm going to be totally in charge of myself, right? And that doesn't mean that you're not in charge of yourself anymore. It just means that, we have now become one flesh, and now we make decisions together, right? The husband's job is to sacrifice for the family, to say, hey, if I need to work some extra hours to make sure we can pay bills, I'm going to do that. That's going to be my job. You don't have to do that. If you do have to do that, that's fine, but I'm going to take the bullet first, right? So a wife's sacrifice is to let the guy lead. The husband's sacrifice is to literally lay down his desires and his life for the betterment of the family. That means dating. That means, you know, that means you don't have a car currently. <laughs> you have a, a van, but uh, it's not a van. It's not a van. All right. Mo- okay, so what? We need, to, we need to move on. We're going too long. We're having fun. All right. So what? A healthy marriage should be an expression of Christ to everyone around you. Okay? I'm talking about a marriage, not a dating relationship. Okay? There's a difference. All right? Don't, don't be dating like you're married. All right? 
Now, you can go backwards a little bit. It's, it's, it doesn't always work that way, but we can still date and have fun. But there's always still going to be the kids, <laughs> right? There's always still going to be the house payment, okay? So, so enjoy dating while it's dating and let it be dating, okay? And then one day, let it be engagement. And then one day, let it be marriage, all right? Many of you have been around my girls, okay, my daughters, right? Many of you have experienced how they've changed really quickly in the last couple of months even that you've been around them, okay? So a very wise friend of mine, uh, Andy, uh, he's the Chi Alpha director at Missouri State. He, he basically says this. He's like, okay, James, everything changes. So appreciate the baby when it's a baby. Appreciate the toddler when it's a toddler. And one day, when the toddler doesn't do toddler things anymore, you're going to be happy it's not pooping its pants. But you're also going to miss the cuddles. Okay? So appreciate things as they are in the right time, in the right place. Okay? In marriage, just speaking specifically of marriage, marriage, respect is not conditional. Right? This idea of mutual submission to each other, it's not conditional. I don't get to say, hey, you know what? I won't go on a shopping spree at Academy so long as you don't go on a shopping spree at Barnes & Noble, right? It's not conditional. I'm not going to say to her, hey, I'm going to respect you so long as you never embarrass me in public, all right? This is not the way it works, Okay. So sometimes we talk about things that are like cyclical. They're, they're cycles, right? I give to you, you give back to me. This mutual respect, it's not a cycle. It's a one-way thing. I'm giving it to her because I'm honoring God. I'm giving her respect. I'm looking out for her. Doesn't matter what she gives back to me, okay? In the same way, she's doing the exact same thing. So long as we're both healthy, this is good. This is really good. But our love, there's nothing in this that talks about it being conditional, right? Some pe sometimes people have bad days, right? I have bad days. Kim has bad days. We have bad days. And guess what? We get over it. We forgive each other. We move on, okay? Sometimes we forgive our daughters and we move on. It happens, okay? But the other side of this in a healthy relationship is that it's not self-assertive, uh, right? So I'm not simply saying, hey, it's my way or the highway, right? In our relationship, I said this before, we talk about everything. There are almost no decisions we make outside of I'm on a one-on-one -on -one with a guy and I'm getting coffee. I don't call Kim and say, hey, what kind of coffee should I get, all right? But outside of that, we talk about everything, right? We, we talk about when are we going to watch WandaVision together, right? Just so we don't mess up and accidentally one of us ends up saying yes to watching with somebody else. And I'm like, I got left. Oh, no. That would be horrible. She would be so mad at me and I would be mad at her. <laughs> you were a little mad when I rewatched the Marvel movies without you. <laughs> yeah. I, I felt a little betrayed. And then we moved on. We learned. And it was good. All right, so Kim, uh, tell them real quickly, how do we make decisions? What, uh, specifically even maybe just giving them 
like a, a, a situation? Well, um, we do this crazy thing where we like talk about it. Who knew, right? Um, but not like in all seriousness, like I know and trust James isn't going to one day just say, hey, guess what? We're selling our house and we're moving to Texas or something. You know, like that's insane. Um, I mean, if you want to go to Texas, that's fine. But like that would be crazy for us. So when we were at Mizzou and everything was great and we'd been married and working there for like four years at this point, like we were both together. She was there longer. Yeah, yeah. I, it took me a while to blossom. It's okay. Um, we both were feeling like it's time to leave, but we also both talked about that. It wasn't like he was feeling that way and kind of kept it to himself, and I was feeling that way. And No, like, I was, like, scared. Like, oh, my gosh, I have this weird feeling. And he's like, oh, my gosh, like, I do too. I felt it today too. Like, we talk about it, and it's this process. And especially bigger decisions, they're not by either of us just, it's not like we're going to up and leave or, up and decide, like, we're going to have five children. Like, oh, no. <laughs> like, we've talked about that. Like, nope, two, we're good, we're done. Um, or I'm going to bring home a dog, like, suddenly. <laughs> he knows I want to, <laughs> but I also know I'm not going to. <laughs> anyway, but we talk about it. it's a process, and it's a discussion, and especially the bigger things, the bigger decisions are, like, discussions over days, sometimes months, of like, well, what are you thinking? Why are you thinking that? Like, we need to pray together. We need to pray about this, like, every day, or, you know, like, we need to fast about this, or, you know, whatever. It's a team effort to get on the same page together to figure out what God wants us to do, especially, like, a big decision, um, and even, like, medium-sized decisions or small decisions, like, hey, like, Abby really likes basketball. Should we put her in basketball, like, in a basketball team? And, you know, it was like, no, like, James was like, no, I don't think so. And I'm like, oh, how come? Because I was all for it, you know. I'm just like, yeah, let's do it. Um, and he's like. It'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how I am. And I don't even remember what it was, but you brought up something that I was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even know. Like, I didn't even think of that. You're right. Like, that would not be a good idea for her. And so we didn't do it, but, like, if I had just gone and did it, like, oh, it's for Abby, whatever, like, I don't remember what it was that you caught, but, like, it would have been detrimental, like, for Abby and, like, not good on our marriage for me to make a decision without considering his viewpoint or for him to, like, help me think outside of what I see and vice versa. Like, he values my opinion. He wants to know, like, we run this ministry together, and so, like, he's constantly asking me, like, hey, you know, how's the social media stuff going? Like, hey, like, what info do you need for whatever? Or, like, hey, like, you know, how are you doing, like, emotionally and spiritually? Like, it's, we talk. <laughs> like, there just has to be open communication all the time. Like, sometimes I have a note on my phone, things to talk to James about tonight after the girls go to bed. <laughs> so... It's hard to say this. Uh, it's not hard to say this. It's hard to put all these thoughts into one little short thing. Ladies, you have a lot to offer. Yeah, right? we do. <laughs> Just talking to the ladies for a minute. You have a lot to offer, okay? And if a guy does not care what you have to offer, everything, the whole package, not just certain things, he's not worth it. Yeah. And guys... Same goes for you. You have a lot to offer. Yeah. 
And if a, if a girl is not willing to understand who you are and allow you to be who you are and lead, she's not worth Bye. it. <laughs> she's not worth it. You are beautiful people, okay? You deserve, God wants good marriages for you. Yes, absolutely. To be completely honest, there are t- places in the Bible that talks about singleness, and we've talked about singleness, okay? Singleness is a season sometimes, and for some people, it's a long-term thing. But the vast majority of people, God didn't say, go and multiply and fill the earth, just you two people, and everybody else has to be <laughs> single, all right? Common sense says almost all of you are going to get married in this room, okay? So you got to make sure that you do it right because it's good and you want to do it right. It's really painful when it's not done well. Yeah. Uh, so real quick, and then we're going to start to move through a couple of last things. Uh, Kim, all right, we talked about sacrificing. What do I give up for you? Oh, my gosh. Um, the, I think the biggest thing over the past, like, 18 months has been sleep. <laughs> you have sacrificed a lot of sleep for me. Because um, he gets up with Lizzie, and she does not sleep through the night still. So he gets up with her so that I can sleep in since I have to get up early and wake up Abby and take her to school. But he also takes the dog out at, like, 6 a.m. And sometimes the dog wants to go out at 4 a.m., so he has to deal with that. Um, this he, is why we're not getting another dog. <laughs> he wants to sleep again one day. Um, you clean up dog puke. <laughs> and I'm so thankful. <laughs> and, and Abby puke. And I'm so thankful. Because <laughs> um, that's really gross. And I, don't, I think I've only taken the trash out like five times in the 11 and a half years we've been married. <laughs> I was sick. <laughs> Had a bad day. <laughs> yeah, actually, I think that's what, yeah. Um, and one time I did it because I knew you were up really late with Lizzie and Natasha. And I was up and, yeah, I just did it. Um, yeah, like, I mean, I know those like, might be like silly things or whatever, but like, he does so much for me. And some of it I recognize immediately. Like, I hear when Lizzie gets up, but like, I know that he's getting up with her and I'm just like, oh, thank you. Um, and then other times... Like, he'll make the bed, and I don't notice it until, like, that afternoon. And I'm like, oh, thanks. Um, But then, like, sometimes I may not even recognize all the things that he does for me. And it's weird because, like, we were talking about on the way here. I'm like, it's like God. Like, there are some things that I recognize immediately that I know God has done for me. Even if it's a small thing, like a parking spot in, like, the sweet spot, you know. Um, Or, you know, whatever it might be. And sometimes I might recognize what God has done for me like days later. And sometimes I know I don't know everything God has done for me. And so it's similar in the same way with him. Like there are some things I know when he's done something for me right away and bringing home flowers or whatever. Um, And then there are some times like I just don't, I just don't always know everything he does for me because he just keeps my life so smooth. (laughs) And let's be honest. Most of you girls have gotten to hang out with Kim. Guys, you starting to get to know her a little bit. She's pretty cool. She's pretty smart, if you hadn't noticed, right? Uh, there's a lot of, I guess, I, I hate to call them little because 
She does the dishes all the time. I hate dishes. I like cooking. I do not like dishes. She does the laundry. I, I hate laundry. I, I, it's, it's bad. I was a slob in college. Yes, and she was. has fixed me <laughs> so much. I mean, I am very, very thankful the fact that we can have people over every week. And I don't have to stress about it too much. Um, but, but beyond some of those little things, she also does a lot of stuff with money in our family. She does a lot of stuff with support raising. All right? A lot of the times we have people that support us, so we're able to do this. It's, it's kind of what Mike does if you were here last week. Mike raises support. We do the same thing. So she does a lot of contacting the supporters, which if you know us, that's a good thing because she's really pleasant and I'm not always as pleasant. So it, it's a good, it works out well. But, but there's this other thing that, I, you know, kind of uh, two, two things. Uh, she sees when I'm not real healthy um, and, and when I've probably overdone it, I've stretched myself too thin. And instead of just being like, hey, you stretched yourself too thin, go take a break or, you know, something like that. Instead of just calling me on it, she's smart. She has this way of working me to get me to do stuff that I actually need to do for my health. And I'm not talking manipulating for bad reasons. I'm talking about manipulating me to be healthy, if that's even a thing. Um, and I've, I went hunting this year more than I've ever gone hunting in one year before. Uh, because my wife was like, like I had mentioned something, and she's like, what are you doing this one weekend? Maybe you should go hunting. And I'm like, this does not benefit you in any way, except for if I get something, I have meat to bring home. But I'm like, you're stuck all weekend without a car with the girls. That's not a leisurely weekend, if you didn't know. Um, and so she does a lot of things like that for me because she she loves me and it's it's crazy but all right we have healthy marriage by sacrificing for one another as christ sacrificed for you all right um in your relationship oh wait i messed that up let me let me rephrase that your relationship with your spouse your future spouse will only be as healthy as your relationship with christ okay everything that we, we talk about in Chi Alpha relies upon your extravagant time with Jesus. Is your time with Jesus extravagant? If it is, good. You will probably more likely be healthy than not. If you do not have a good relationship with Jesus, if you can't see the things that he does for you in your life, you're not going to have a good relationship with your spouse. Okay? You will be, if you're not so caught up on Jesus right now that you, you don't even really notice, right, some of the things that are nagging you, some of the desires of your heart. If, you, if you, you're not so caught up with Jesus right now, when you get to dating, you will be so caught up in how that person is fulfilling you that you will not be willing to take care of them. This is how we have healthy marriages by learning to take care of the other person. Now, in a dating relationship, what does that look like? Well, good news, you do choose them, right? Which means you can also unchoose them, right? So when Frodo turns out to be a jerk, 
I can unchoose you. Can't do that in marriage. Okay? I unchoose you, Pikachu. Um, yeah, right? So there are some things that we can begin looking at in the person that we're dating to begin saying, hey, is, is this the right person, right? Do they insist on their own way all the time? Maybe you need to ask yourself that. Do I insist on my own way all the time? Maybe we need to take a look at that. Are they willing to be a model for Christ? Are you willing to be a model for Christ? Right? Are you even able to be a model for Christ? Do you even know what Christ looks like? Do you spend enough time with him to actually know what he does? And then, you know, Kim talked about earlier, character. We see character over time right? Uh, I've heard this so many places, I don't even know where I heard this from, but character is like toothpaste, okay? You don't really know what it is until you squeeze it, okay? Is it clear? Is it blue? Is it white? I don't know. You squeeze it to find out. Character, when we get squeezed, we find out what our character is. When we're under pressure. So, if you've never seen someone under pressure, then that's something that you need to be watching for. Okay? When you're dating someone, if they've never been in a, in a stressful situation, if you've never seen that, you need to make sure you continue dating until you see that before you make a big decision. I was just thinking of all the times I saw you under pressure before we even dated. <laughs> yeah. Mission trips. Mission trips. <laughs> College. Mission trips are good. Art projects. Art, pro- uh, art projects. All the art shows you had to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to begin wrapping up, but there's one last thing that I want to talk to you about, okay? Well, I guess it's a two-parter, okay? You need people in your life. We've talked about accountability multiple times before, all right? You need friends that are going to tell you the truth. There is one more thing, one more aspect of dating and pre-marriage that I, I am going to tell you right now, you need to make this something in your head that you're like, this is a requirement, okay? You need to get at least six hours of premarital counseling before you get married, at least. What does that look like? Well, you know, if you stick around in Chi Alpha and you meet somebody, <coughs> Jake and Jack, there's going to be this thing that happens, and I'm going to be like, hey, so uh, do do I get to, do we, does she, do we get to do the, the ceremony? I huh? mean, I think before Jake even asked Jack out, you claimed. Oh, I totally Jack, claimed yeah. it. Yeah, I called it. Like, you were like, I get to marry Jack. Like, <laughs> no like, joke. Oh, I hope she's okay with that. <laughs> there was, that summer, there was a, a strong conversation that Kim and I had, and I'm like, all right, can I do it, or are you going to do it? She gets to decide. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh just saying, there are some other people out there that may have, uh, well, they may have called you already, you know, maybe if you've got a local pastor or something like that that's really close to it's you. It's kind of a big honor to, like, officiate a wedding. I, so. <laughs> it means a lot to me. But here's the deal. If I'm going to do your ceremony, you're going to do six hours of marriage counseling with me. Us. 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 <laughs> yeah, not me. And what marriage counseling is is you sit down and you ask some very hard questions, 
not only to yourself, but to your future spouse. Marriage counseling is excellent because it puts you in a place to basically say, well, like marriage, there's no return. But pre-marriage counseling is maybe this is my last option to get out of this. Okay? And we're not counseling you to break you up. Right? We're actually counseling you so that you don't go through a breakup after you've gotten married. Okay? We don't want there to be surprises once you get past marriage. Okay? It's really good. You need to do it. If you do not do it with me or Kim, you need to find, find out if the pastor or whoever is going to do the ceremony, missionary, whatever, if they're going to do marriage counseling with you. Okay? If you would come back to me after you graduate a couple years later and say, hey, I'm going to get married, but the, the, the minister or whoever is not going to do marriage counseling, you let me know. And we will figure out a time to do it. It's that important. Okay? All right? Be, it, be sure, because it's, it's not always going to be fun. I mean, literally, when we went through marriage counseling, our beloved pastor looked at us and said, all right, I'm going to make you fight. And he did. <laughs> he was very good at it. <laughs> he, w- he was. I was st- I'm, I'm still impressed. I don't know how he does it. I mean, he also knew us really, really well. So. Yes, still knows us. Uh, but the goal is if you can learn to fight well before marriage, in marriage, you're going to already have that tool in your arsenal. So get pre-marriage counseling. All right, I'm going to begin wrapping up. Uh, here's the deal. In order to have a healthy marriage, you have to be sacrificing for one another as Christ sacrificed for you. If you can't learn that now, you don't need to get married, okay? It is the biggest deal in your marriage that you learn to give up for the betterment of the other person. Not based on what they've done for you, based on the fact that Jesus is telling you to do this as a representative of him. And we'll talk more about this later, but your children will be watching. And the first place that they will see Jesus is in you. If you cannot model Christ in your marriage, your children will not be able to see Jesus in you.